Well, good morning, everybody. 2020 is a crazy thing. Here I am sitting here preaching to, it looks like a bunch of bank robbers. And uh, God bless you guys. Appreciate your uh, cooperation with uh, the whole face covering uh, idea. Uh, our governor has asked us to do this, required actually that we, we do this. And uh, one thing I do know, it, leadership is not an easy thing. And uh, I understand what this is all about and why they're asking people to uh, wear face coverings. So good for you, good sport you are. I actually thought we'd have almost no one here asking you guys to wear face coverings, but here you are. Awesome. Give yourself a great big hand. And, uh, you know, this is uh, no question uh, a pivotal time in world history. Uh, we are experiencing uh, a global viral pandemic that uh, none of us have ever even heard of that <laughs> until this year, and it doesn't seem to want to go away uh, very easily. Uh, there is uh, a big, big, big conversation on racial equality, racial uh, inequities, uh, racial inequalities, and uh, it's, uh, it's all colliding at the, the same time. Uh, and then you have people who, who want to defund the police. Uh, then you, so, <laughs> I know everybody's going, where are you going with this? I just felt like I just get up here and talk for a minute. Uh, there's people that want to tear down uh, historical statues and monuments. And let's face it, uh, I have reached a point where I don't even know what to believe when the news is reported. Because uh, it's, 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 it is literally, you don't know if it's true or not, uh, the bias that is in the news and what is chosen to be reported uh, and how it's reported. Uh, and then we, we have social media in full effect in uh, 2020, and social media gives a platform to anybody to express any opinion, no matter how uninformed they are or not, right? Uh, and, and the crazy thing is simultaneously, while everybody has a platform uh, to express their opinion, there is a thing called cancel culture, where if you happen to say the wrong thing with the wrong tone, uh, you can get cut off completely. And so there is this crazy uh, proliferation of all this expression of opinion, and yet if somebody who has a life that has been positive and beneficial for years and years and years can, can, uh, can like a tweet and suffer repercussions from it, it's, it's something else. So here we are, uh, disease pandemic, uh, economic pandemic, work pandemic, people's businesses are collapsing. Anybody glad they came to church today? Yeah, it's just, um, I think it will be when it's done, when it's done. Uh, all I, all I got to say is you don't have to be very observant to recognize 2020 is cray-cray. That's all there is. This is it's just crazy. 
but uh, what a unique moment to be alive. Uh, say you were for such a time as this. Yeah, amen. And God is, uh, he is sitting on his throne. Uh, there's nothing in, the, the word oops is not in God's vocabulary, right? He's not looking down and going, what? how did this happen? God is in charge of times and seasons. Daniel 2, uh, verse 20 and 21 says, Daniel answered and said, let the name of God be blessed forever and ever. For wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. An epoch is a period of history that's marked by a, a cataclysmic event. It's God who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. And uh, maybe I'm saying some things to you that you, you know and might need reminding of, but I just want to keep us uh, on track with this, that God is the one who changes times and epochs. I don't believe God released uh, a virus into the earth, but I believe God's in charge. He's in charge of times. He's in charge of seasons. And one thing I've discovered for sure is if you want to walk in God's very best, it's best to try to discern and cooperate what he's up to. Because certainly, yes, amen, C certainly things are changing and we don't even know what the ongoing um, effect, long-lasting change will be the result of all this. I had a pastor friend send me a text saying, <laughs> This is crazy. Are you asking your church to wear face coverings? He said, do you think church is going to be changed forever? And uh, he's asking these questions. And a lot of people are asking that, those questions about business, about uh, church, how we do church, about a government, about economies. And um, I, just, I, I know that God is in charge, and our job is to discern what he's up to. Instead of asking God to bless what you're doing, find out what he's doing because that's already blessed. And then the truth is some people see the end of an era and mourn the loss of it. And, and I don't know that that's altogether wrong necessarily, but every time one era ends, a new era begins, right? So God is in charge of the, of the transition, of the shift, of the new era. We all have to learn how to adapt to the new chapters of life. Whether it's your personal new chapter, your kids are small, your kids are teenagers, your kids are out of the house, uh, your work life looked like one thing, but now it looks like something else. Church life looks like one thing, now it looks like something else. In other words, Blessed are the flexible, they will not break. And, uh, and the, the end of a chapter is not the end of the book, right? The book on your life is not done until you're laid in the grave. 
So, so don't, don't put a period where God's just putting a comma. And I, I just, I, I want us, because I think all of us are grasping for meaning in all of this, and um, I, want, I want to make sure we get this, that the end of one thing is the beginning of another thing. The end of one season is the beginning of a new season. The end of one chapter is the beginning of a new chapter. God's in charge of times and epochs. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say without any shadow of a doubt, God has a redemptive plan in his heart and his mind for this world. Amen, he does. Uh, and, and he has a redemptive plan in mind for his church, right? If we were just left to our own devices, that would be terrible. He has a redemptive plan in mind for the Rock Church. He has a redemptive plan in mind for you. No matter what you've faced, no matter what you've gone through, he has a redemptive plan in mind for you and for your family. So I wanna start a new series of messages today um, that I want to call at the right time. At the right time. Uh, the New Testament, the New Living Translation, uh, is what I'm reading right now. It has several verses that utilize this phrase, at the right time. And it's a translation of the Greek word kairos. So the concept of time in the Bible is there's two words that, that get translated time. One is chronos and one is kairos. Chronos, you would get the idea of chronological uh, time. Chronos is the passing of time. Kairos is the door is open, the light is on. Chronos time is just the everyday, Monday comes every week. Tuesday comes after Monday. <laughs> uh, you know, the cycle of seasons. Chronos uh, time is just the everyday movement of the clock. Kairos time is a defining moment uh, that sets the course for the everyday things. So, so sh big shifts that happen you have an encounter with God and it shifts everything for you. Or you, have, uh, you, have, you meet someone and everything shifts for you. Uh, there are, there are more, so many times where a kairos moment, a defining moment comes and it changes the course of everything else that's going on. And the truth is, we need to understand how to walk in both chronos time and kairos time. Uh, because both are at work uh, fulfilling the purpose of God in our lives. Kairos moments are, are defining moments. It's an awakening. The lights have come on. It's an aha moment. It's a word that comes to you. It's a window of opportunity that presents itself to you. It's a challenge that presents itself to you. And how you will react to that challenge is going to shift what Kronos will look like for every day after that challenge. So Moses is uh, stepped God ahead of God's timing and 
thrown into the backside of the desert, tending sheep for 40 years, and, but at a moment not expected at all, a burning bush is, is on the horizon for him, and he walks up to it, and a voice comes out of the burning bush. Take off your shoes, you're on holy ground, and the Lord speaks to him, and he's, he's had a kairos moment there, and it's gonna change the rest of his life. Paul, uh, the apostle Paul, who was Saul, has been, has been um, preaching and destroying uh, the church, and he's on the road to Damascus, and he's about ready to bring more persecution on the church, and all of a sudden, this blinding light comes from heaven, knocks him off his ass. That's what the Bible says. That's what the, I'm just quoting scripture. Knocks him off his ass onto the ground and has this profound experience, and a guy who was going one direction is now going in a different direction. Peter uh, is having the vision, I'm gonna talk about him a little bit more in a minute, this very idea, but he has this vision of the unclean animals coming down and God saying, rise and eat. And it changed everything for Peter and for his ministry, but also changed everything for the church uh, forever. A, a word that comes and defines a season for you. Uh, so Kairos moments set the direction for how I should spend my chronos time. Now I want you to get that, right? Because Kairos moments are the, the, the light on the path of chronos moments. Kairos is the light, chronos is the walking out of the Kairos. So, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying to you, you gotta remember this. Don't, you gotta walk in mountaintop light while you're walking through valley shadows. Yeah, walk, you gotta walk in Kairos moment light while you're walking through disappointment, while you're walking through discouragement while you're walking through a betrayal, while you're walking through pain. You don't, don't make big decisions in the valley. You make your decisions for the direction of your life and your mountaintop experiences when the mountaintop light shines. Don't, don't decide direction in the valley. You're gonna keep making bad decisions. You gotta decide from the mountaintop. You, 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 you spend your time, and all of us have, you know, we, we probably all said, oh, if I had more time, I'd do this. Well, you've had more time for four months and you still haven't done it. Come on. I know that's true for me. It's like, what, what has just happened with these last four months? And, and I... Uh, and especially in church life, in, in a church like ours that believes in the supernatural, believes in miraculous moments, uh, it's a waste of time to always be in pursuit of these big Kairos moments. So there are some people, they never can get settled in 
to where they belong, to the spiritual family God wants them to be a part of, because they're always going after the newest, latest, greatest thing. Trying to create defining moments, trying to create kairos moments. And, and the truth is, kairos moments don't happen every day. And sometimes you gotta remember that you build your life with kairos moments that shine light, but you also build your life with chronos moments that sometimes prayer is just work. It's not fun. Hello? It's like exercising. It's not fun. <laughs> right? Sometimes prayer is just work, but if you'll spend your chronos moments developing a prayer life, you're going to have a kairos moment. You're going to have a moment where God speaks to you. Sometimes reading your Bible through, it's just another day, and you logged your time in, right? So, sometimes worship with a mask on, <laughs> you suck in and you feel like you're going to suffocate. <laughs> you really want to worship, but it just feels like this is crazy. Sometimes worship is just a sacrifice of praise. Come on. Sometimes church, it's just another Sunday. Now, we don't ever treat church like any, any day is a throwaway day because we believe every day is, a, is an opportunity for a divine encounter for every single one of us. But we're also not going to have the, the, the pressure or the stress of trying to create this spectacular Sundays every single Sunday. What I'm saying is you got to have a Kairos moment, but you also have to, you got to string together a bunch of Kronos moments, and that builds a great life. Uh, out, of the, out of the faithful use of your Kronos moments comes your Kairos moments. Kairos is spectacular, but Kronos is fruitful. And I think I've lived long enough to know we need both. Kairos moments arise out of well-spent Kronos moments. Right? Most of the time, the dream, the vision, the word from heaven, the illumination, the aha moment just arises out of your faithful use of everyday time. Acts chapter 10, Peter is um, at a guy's house and they're going to fix lunch. And he says, Hey, I, I think I'm going to go up on the roof and pray. Now, if Peter was alive right now, he'd probably pull out his phone and start scrolling whatever social media platform you might be on. But he was in pursuit of God in the daily chronos of life. If he had a minute, he said, I'm just gonna take a moment to pray. So let me say that the use of your chronos time, your day-to-day -day time, quit feeding your soul fake news. Quit feeding your soul social media. And I'm not saying you should ever, shouldn't ever watch the news or shouldn't ever scroll into social media, but I'm, I'm a saying if you're going to spend your time, read your Bible. Have a prayer time. Have a worship time. 
Have a, have a quiet time, right? So we need Kairos light on Kronos path or we just get stuck in drudgery. But we also need to know that the Kronos path leads to Kairos light. It, it's, it's both, boss, right? Defining moments, we're going to stay open to those for sure. The everyday good use of time. And what I see in some of these passages that we're going to take a look at is dis- discerning the right time. D- discerning times and seasons. We're, we're, there's no question we are in a Kairos moment of history. This is, you know, we're all in the same water. Maybe we're not all in the same boat. But we're all facing something that's global, that is a once-in-a-century collision of events and ideas and God's, God's plan, his redemptive plan for this planet is, is always going to involve his church. And what I want to say, and I want you to hear it with the right spirit and heart and uh, the path to walk on, is... We, we can't, as a church or as individuals, be satisfied with just holding our own and making it through. That hopefully there'll be something happening at the end of this that, ah, nah, right? And if, you're, if you are joined by the Holy Spirit to this house, then... Whether, whether you're coming to the building right now or whether you're still staying connected virtually, we all have to get hold of this. That we've got to rise up to the day that we find ourselves in and seize this Kairos moment because a story is going to be told about 2020. So what is that story going to be about the Rock Church? What is that story going to be about you, about me? How, how do we handle this Kairos moment that there's no question we all know we're in? So uh, here's where I want to start. This passage, I want to read it out of the New Living Translation, but also out of the New American Standard. 2 Corinthians 6, um, verse 1, as God's partners... We beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time. Somebody say that with me. At just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. 
Today is the day of salvation. The New American Standard uh, translation of that same passage is this, and working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time or at the right time, I listened to you, and on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So in these two passages, this phrase that's translated the marvelous gift of God's kindness and the New Living Translation, and then it's translated the grace of God uh, in the New American Standard is the Greek word charis, which we normally translate as grace. The grace of God, uh, this marvelous gift of kindness. So what I want you to do is gather your, your head and your thoughts and your heart and everything that's racing through your life right now and recognize that this is the way God has chosen to relate to us. It's called grace. So here we are at this moment in time, this moment in history, this Kairos moment, and God says grace at just the right time. Grace, unearned righteousness. We, we sang this awesome song about the blood of Jesus being our robe of righteousness. My righteousness doesn't come about because of my behavior. My behavior comes out of knowing who I am. Unearned righteousness. Unearned favor. It's grace. Unearned empowerment. It's grace. Unearned help. <laughs> Somebody say help. Help. Unearned it's, that's the grace of God. And I think the way to respond to this Kairos moment that we're in is to receive the grace of God. So let me, just, let me break this down just a, just a little bit. Number one, we are grace partners with God, right? Bo both of these translations uh, say, as God's partners, we beg you, and the, the other translation says, working together with him. Grace enables us to have a partnership with heaven. So if God is going to do something in the earth through his church, who is the church? You and me. In other words, what God wants to do in the earth, he's wanting to do through us. And so what we can't get is a mentality that just sort of hunkers down and hides out and waits until the storm passes. And, and I realize that there's all kinds of situations that people face, but I'm talking about in the attitude and the inclination of your heart, we gotta recognize that grace can give me a sense of purpose 
in a, the craziest moment of our lifetime. And it's, it's not, it's, God's not asking you to be a superhero. What he's asking you to do is embrace the grace that gives you purpose, that lifts you out of just hunkering down and hoping this thing would get over. Second, it's, it says grace, grace receives. So, so it says, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness. The New American Standard says, we urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Grace receives, grace accepts, grace embraces. And the Bible says, don't do this in vain. Don't, don't ignore the value of the grace of God. Don't, don't let it be an empty grasp. Okay, grace. I'm just, I guess that just gives me a free ride. No, what grace does is makes a way for unrighteous people, you and me, to be right with God. That's what grace does for us. Grace, that grace that enables us to be right with God, to be partners with God, it obligates us to partner with God's purpose. Is it okay if your pastor challenges you to think about purpose, God's purpose for your life, for our life together? Here, here's, grace realizes, I don't deserve this. Grace realizes, I'm not good enough for this. I can't even figure out what the heck's going on. Where's the killer hornet bees? Where's the, where's the Sahara desert dust? I don't know. But it says, don't, don't accept the grace of God in vain. Don't receive the grace of God in a way that if God, in other words, it says, the idea for us is this, if God's given it, I gotta reach for it. I gotta reach for that grace. I may not feel like I'm good enough, but, I, but I'm made good enough. I may not feel like I'm strong enough, but I'm made strong enough. I gotta reach for that. I gotta grab for that. The third thing that this passage says to us is grace hears you. God says, I heard you. I listened. God's purpose for us doesn't erase God's compassion for us. And this is the beauty of the grace of God. God hears you. He, he hears your soul. He hears your heart's cry. That maybe you don't even know how to put it into words. He hears your heartaches. He hears your dreams. He's listening. I, I think that's what we're all being asked to do in this season is maybe listen a little better. God hears your longings. 
God hears your disappointments. God hears your pain that maybe nobody else knows about. And while I'm calling us to embrace purpose that grace gives us, God loves you, not just what you can do for him, but because he loves you the way he loves you, he's not going to allow you to make this whole thing about you. If you're going to be a good parent, you got to teach your kids they are not the center of the universe. They think they are. They want to be. They suck all the air out of the room. But if you're raising your kids right, you'll let them understand, help them understand that mom and dad's relationship is the center of this family, not mom's relationship with the kids, not dad's relationship with the kids, not the kids running things. That's one of the reasons that God entrusts children to us. We get to teach them, and they don't like being taught that. <laughs> they don't like being told that. You're not the center of our family. You're certainly not the center of the universe. That's what a good parent does. That's what God does for you and for me. He says, I want you to understand, I love you, you're valuable, but you are not the center of the story. This is not just all about your personal comfort. Fourth idea is this, grace helps. It says, grace helps. The verses say, I, I helped you. God is not just a God with ideas. He is a helping God. And whatever you need help with, hey, listen, I need help. You need help. Grace helps. Number five, grace saves. Right? And we understand that salvation is more than just a ticket to heaven. Salvation involves all of your life. To be saved is to be rescued from the kingdom of darkness, put in the kingdom of light, and it involves, your whole, it involves yes, your relationship with God for sure, but also in, your salvation involves the wholeness of your soul. Your salvation involves healing. Your, your salvation involves financial resource. Your, your salvation involves divine connections. Grace saves. It's you're, you're living a God-empowered life, a God-helped life. And then the last idea is that grace is for today. The, the path to our future is one day at a time. And I think all of us would love to know 
when is this going to be over? When is this virus going to die down? When is the craziness that's happening in our planet going to end? But what I want to say to you today is that there's grace for today. Today. Whatever today is for you. Isn't that what Jesus taught us? Here's how I want you to live. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't get all upset about it as you look into the future and try to figure out where everything's going. Sufficient for the day is the trouble thereof. That's what he said. He said, I just want you to take it one day at a time. There's grace for today. Whatever, whatever you're facing, God provides the grace for it today. Let me pray with you guys. Would you bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Father, we open up our heart, our soul, our mind, everything we have to say. We embrace the grace of God, the supernatural, unearned goodness of God, the unearned empowerment, the unearned favor, the unearned righteousness. We reach out for it today. Father, I'm praying for every person that's within the sound of my voice today that you will open our eyes to see the glory of the grace that you are pouring into our lives. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, I just want to take a, just a minute Maybe you've never surrendered to Christ before in a real and a meaningful way. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you used to be close to the Lord, but you know you're not there today, now, where you want to be, where you know you should be. Or maybe you just feel unsure. I just want to make sure that you know the grace of God in a meaningful way in your life. So if you're here today, or maybe you're watching online, and there's just something in you that says, I'm not, I'm not in the right place in my relationship with the Lord. I want to pray with you. So if that's you and you're in this room, would you just lift your hand and say, that's me. Could you just pray with me? I want to make sure I'm right with God. I want to come back. I want to be sure. God bless you. Come on, anybody else that just wants to say, yes, pastor, include me. Pray with me on this one. Amen. Amen. Let's pray a prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I want you, I need you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned, uh, that I've messed up, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning, a new era for my life as I surrender to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.